Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston. I'm an executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and you're all around hiring guru. And I want to welcome all of you today to dun, 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 our 52nd episode, and I'm so excited. And I brought you a really special treat today for our 52nd episode. So let me get right to introducing um, Frank again, and I may have said that wrong. <laughs> President and founder of AmSpirit Business Connections, a company that offers entrepreneurs, sales representatives, and professionals a platform to exchange high-quality business referrals. He is also the host and facilitator of the Networking Rx podcast, a podcast devoted to sharing ideas, insights, and conversations related to professional networking, generating quality referrals, and managing business relationships online and offline. Frank. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks for having me. This is great. 50 seconds. It's amazing. I know. I could hardly believe it when they told me the other day, they were like, you realize you're coming up on your 52nd episode. And I'm like, I still feel like a beginner sometimes, you know? Yeah. But it's a lot of feeling. You know, I love to start the show talking about how I got connected to my guest. And I don't, do you remember how we got connected? Oh, I could make up something really funny that would embarrass you, but we won't. You know, I, I think it was, it's the power of LinkedIn. You know, people come to me all the time and say, well, LinkedIn doesn't work. And I believe I could certainly look back at my notes, but I had, I was just doing a search on LinkedIn, a podcast host and, and, and sent you a connection request and you responded and we just had a conversation and there we go. And from there, you are now responsible for a bunch of our guests that are coming up in the near future. So I, and Good. some that we've already had, um, Brian Ahern for one, his released a couple of yeah. weeks ago, I believe. And um, just so many great guests coming up. I'm just so thrilled. Um, so, and obviously you have a passion for networking and connecting others. I mean, when I first met you, I'm like, why are you doing this? Why are you spending so much time introducing me to these people? But how has networking helped you get to where you are today? You know, I, I get that question all the time. And I always like to turn the question around. It's, it's easier to answer what hasn't, what has, um, what have I achieved without networking? Because oh. everything in life is, t is, it touches on networking. You know, I got through high school because I had a supportive group of people. And people think of networking as just business and getting sales and, getting promotions and things like that. But networking is really everything. It's our relationships with people around us and getting information and opportunities and introductions to other people. And so relationships are everything. We haven't done anything without relationships. That is so very true. You know, and it's so interesting when I meet people, I'll usually, um, I, I tell them, I want you to be my new best friend, you know, because that's right. how I feel about people. I want everybody to be my best friend and it's hard to keep up with a lot of best friends, but I try. So yeah. how do you, how do you keep up with your people? 
your connections? Uh, you know, I, I, I use Outlook, so they're all in Outlook, and I put notes in there to keep track of when we talked, when I was on podcasts and things like that, and I'll set reminders to circle back to people. Some people I don't necessarily need to, like Brian Ahern, for example. He's somebody, he's, he's a bad penny. He keeps turning up in my life one way or another because I'll run into somebody like you who needs great guests. It's like, well, Brian Ahern. Um, you know, and, and people fall in and out. I, you know, I'm really looking for, you know, the types of people I try to keep in my life are the people where it's really mutually beneficial. You know, whereas a client, you're always selling to the client. Mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of a sales relationship, but people who just were referring people back and forth, um, those are almost easy to kind of keep touch of. They just, they just naturally happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. So can you kind of explain to our audience what the goal of networking is and how can someone set themselves up for, for networking success? Yeah. You know, the, how I define networking is two or more people working towards their mutual success, you know? Um, and so, you know, networking is, you know, networking is me introducing you to people and you introducing me to people. Um, it's sharing information. And I, hey, I'm, I'm struggling with this issue. Uh, you know, I'm trying to title a book, trying to come up with a title for a book, throwing it, throwing that out, out, out at people. I think a lot of times people think of networking as just sales or getting a promotion or getting a job. And it's really everything having to do with our lives and, and, and reaching out uh, to people. Um, so that's really kind of how I look at networking and, and how I go about it. Would you agree that, I, I think one of the things that turns me off the most when I go to a networking event are those people that are, have their cards and they're like, you know, their business yeah. cards. And I'm like, you know, get, let me get to know you. Let's make sure there is mutual interest and mutual benefit here. And, and it's not that I would ever be rude to anybody, but would you recommend to someone that they not go in cards ablazing? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I tell people when you go into events, you're not there to sell. Um, you're there to get to know people. It's a relationship, you know, it, and, you know, take the time, learn about them. It's not about, don't worry about what you have to say, worry about what you're going to get them to say. Um, get them talking, find out other things, where they're from. You know, for me, usually I'm a sports guy, usually involve, you know, okay, you're, you're in the Dallas Fort Worth area, correct? You know, so something about the Cowboys. And I, I was on a podcast with somebody in, da in Dallas a couple of weeks ago and I brought up the Cowboys and she's like, I'm a Packer fan. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> so am I. Um, but you know what, you're looking for things, you know, looking for things you have in common and, you know, professional football, had nothing to do with our relationship with, with professional football had nothing to do with the professional nature of the conversation. Um, it's just something that we can talk about, you know, whether it's kids or travel or hobbies or whatever it might be. So you, you want to develop those relationships. And so people who are out there doing the, as you put it with the, you know, the, the card dealers, the, the Vegas dealers, um, they're really hurting themselves. Yeah, I think you definitely have to open up that conversation and build that rapport, whether you do it through sports or some other, you know, like, you know, tendency um, before you just go in for the kill. And I, I believe that if you develop that relationship, 
that when opportunities arise, you know, for, for example, one of my friends that I met through networking, one of my best friends, by the way, <laughs> Um, <laughs> she, um, a year later, you know, never asked her for anything, never asked her for any referrals or anything like that. But a year later, I get a call from a business, a local business owner, and he goes, hey, I need an accounting manager. Rainey said you were the one to call to help with this search. Yeah. You know, it's not that you're going to get your, you, you won't get that gratification immediately this way but I think you'll get more of it in the long run. Yeah. Well, I think as humans, we are hardwired to help one another. I mean, it's just, it, 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 you know, it goes, it go, goes back eons. This is not, networking is not, you know, the eighties, the nineties or the new millennium. It goes way back. I, you know, I tell people George Washington met Betsy Ross at church. So when he was looking for a seamstress to seamstress to, so the American flag, here's the woman who sits next to him in church. It wasn't the yellow pages or anything like that. It was a relationship. But when we have relationships with people and we just focus on helping the other person, they naturally want to reciprocate. And I would imagine your friend was just, was beaming when the opportunity came because you had done things for her. And I don't know what they were, but even just emotional support, you know, being a friend is, is huge. Absolutely. And I probably don't know what those things are either, but I think, yeah. again, just being there when she, you know, wanted to go have a quick happy hour or something like that, I think can mean the world to somebody, especially yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about your podcast, the Networking Rx, and what are some of the topics you cover? And first of all, what inspired you to create it? Well, I, I run an organization. I run a a, a it's a membership-based referral organization. We bring in entrepreneurs, sales reps, professionals, and, and into a weekly meeting where they learn about each other and exchange referrals, just kind of as a backdrop. And that's really what I'm about. That's, you know, that's, um, that's what I want to be known for professionally. Um, but what, I, what's, what was happening is time, as the organization grows, it's harder and harder for me to connect with the membership. And I use, I'll use this as an example. There came a time in Sam Walton's life, the founder of Walmart, where he could not visit every store. He just couldn't. And he had to, he had to just come to grips with that and find another way. And so that's really where the podcast was born, is my way of sharing all the things I've done. I've written, I don't know how many books, articles um, on professional networking, on professional relationships. And I wanted to have a vehicle that I could share those things with the membership. And so that's what really kind of kicked it off. And initially I was really kind of worried about running out of material, but as I started podcasting, then I got into interviewing people. Um, and that took me in a whole nother direction. And then people started for forwarding me information, um, you know, studies that are out there that people do about why handshakes are important and, you know, why when you go to make small talk, why why small talk is important, why finding things in common are important. And these are research research that's done at, at large research institutions. Um, so I talk about those sorts of things. It's just not, it's not really the nuts and bolts of networking. I do talk on that a little bit, but it really kind of gets into the science and the art of, of networking. 
I love that. And I am going to have to go binge on your podcast. So All right, you do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in today's world, a lot of our networking um, is happening, happening online. In fact, you just launched a new group that I'm so fortunate to be a part of, which we have another meeting coming up pretty soon. But what are some of the advantages and challenges of using social media for networking purposes? You know, I get that question a lot, Casey. People, you know, hey, do you think networking is done with social media? And, and the reality is it's not. We networked before we had any sort of electronic communication. We networked before we had the phone. The fo all the phone did was make it easier for us, mm -hmm. you know, and social media just makes it easier. But really what we need to be doing is we need to be creating this know, like, and trust amongst each other. You and I spoke. You know, we, we connect on LinkedIn, thought enough to have a phone call. We had a phone call, had a good feeling about one another. There was a no, like, and trust that led me to connect you to people and, and you to connect me to people. And so, you know, what is social, all social media is doing, all Zoom is doing, all these electronic platforms is it's making it easier for us to communicate further and faster. I have a, I have a call next week with somebody over in India who's got a networking group. You know, who, who would have, who would have thunk it, right? <laughs> that is interesting. You know, on the flip side of that, though, on the social media, one of the things that really, I don't want to say it annoys me, but I'm just like, did you think that through, you know, is yeah. when somebody connects with me and their very first messages, and this is literally no lie, a message I got, hi, I'm a dentist in the area. I'd love to take care of your teeth. Click on my Calendly link to set up an appointment. And I'm yeah. like unfollow you know there's it's like you said there's no like and trust there yeah you know and i i run into that all the time as well and i, I don't know how uh i, I always use I, I always use personal relationships to try and to try and create a an epiphany with somebody as to why that doesn't work but i'll have guys who will do that to me and i'll say listen when you met your wife did you just walk into the bar and grab her by the hand and, and lead her out of the bar He's like, oh, no, of course not. No, it was, you know, you asked her on a date. There was there was this courtship, right? And that's really how networking's got to operate as well, is that, you know, there's got to be this courtship. Hey, I just want to meet you. I want to learn about you, you know? Oh, yeah, I'm a dentist, you know? In time, you're going to be referring either yourself or other people just because mm -hmm. they've gotten to know you, like you, and trust you. And people, that's the problem with social media is that people get impatient. They get what we'll call Twitter muscles. They're just gonna, they're just gonna do something, and the, and there's the rejection is gonna be so meaningless that they can they can do that, um, but it really doesn't work, and I don't think that they they when it's not working, they think they just need to do more of it, and in reality, they need to do less of it. Yeah, I, and and you know that's so true. Like in sales, you know, that's it. Everybody says it's a numbers game, and. Yeah. I think for those that don't want to put in the hard work, it can be a numbers game. But I think for those like myself that are willing to build those relationships, that's, again, going to have the longer payoff, not just the immediate gratification, you know, because I have people that I work with that come back to me. Like I just had one candidate that I worked with six years ago that just came back to me for another job search. Now, she wouldn't have done that wow. if I hadn't built a relationship with her over the years. Right. Right. And, and I didn't place her the first time I worked with her. She ended up finding a job on her own. 
So I, I, when I work with candidates or clients, you know, I'm very selective. I work with the very few of them so that I can give them the most amount of my time. And I believe that's what makes me successful as a recruiter and in hiring. Oh, I, I would be willing to bet that's what makes you successful. It's all about the relationship. And somebody who thinks they can use networking to make quota is, is mistaken. True. You, know, you use networking to build relationships and in time, like your friend, you know, she sent you somebody, she's going to send you somebody else. It's like the, it's like the gift that keeps on giving, you know, she's going to do it again and you've already really kind of invested the time. You're still going to have to continue. Um, but you've really kind of set in motion a, a referral machine with her and others. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to mention him. Bob Berg, go giver. You got to yep. give as much as you can. So yep. I think, and then that law of reciprocity, it'll come back to you, but you don't give with yep. the intent of receiving, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so in one of your podcasts um, called LinkedIn quality versus quantity, you discuss the value of having many LinkedIn connections, but also emphasize the importance of having valuable and meaningful connections. How can someone ensure that they're building valuable relationship with someone they're connected with? Well, you know, in that episode, just in my general conversation about LinkedIn, I have about 16,000 connections on LinkedIn. And I don't brag about that, but what I, how my philosophy on LinkedIn, there's different philosophies. There's some philosophies where it's, okay, I'm only going to connect with the people that I've had coffee with, you know, and I think that's a little restrictive. And then there are other people, it's like, you know, anybody with a, anybody with a, a letter in their name, I'm going to connect with, right? Anybody. <laughs> and I try to be a little more targeted. I try to connect with people who are involved with chambers, who are involved with podcasting, who are kind of Uber networkers. And I am very liberal about reaching out to those people and seeing if they're willing to connect. And that's just a connection. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the quantity piece of it. The quality piece of it is how many of those people then can turn into relationships. You and I were just a connection, but it turned into a relationship. And that's where the quality comes in. And so that's how I kind of look at those, you know, you kind of have to go through the quantity, you know, it's like kissing frogs. It's, you know, <laughs> knocking on doors or whatever. Um, but eventually you find the quality. Not everyone's going to be quality. Not, every, not everyone's going to connect with me. Not everyone's going to want to have a conversation with me. People are going to want to have conversations with me because they want to sell me something. Um, but there's that small percentage that makes it all worthwhile. Yeah. And I love when I was introducing you to one of my network the other day. And I really loved what you said at the end when you were responding. And you said, I won't be so presumptuous as to connect with you on LinkedIn yet. And that's when yeah. I knew that you, that was going to be a relationship that you value because you didn't want to just seem like a super connector, you know, in a bad right. way. Yeah. So yeah. That, I she really connected with me. She connected <laughs> with me then. Good. <laughs> I think, so I, you're really going to enjoy that one. So I won't talk about her right yeah. now, but <laughs> um, Good. so we help many young people take their first step in their professional careers. And I'm sure that you do the same. Um, What's one mistake that new graduates make when networking and what could they do differently? You know, I got this question the other day, what's the biggest mistake people make when they go out and network? And I say, you know what, there's a lot of mistakes you can make. The biggest mistake you make is not doing it. Mm. Because people are so afraid that they're gonna, 
get their feelings hurt or whatever, and they end up not doing it. Um, you know, when I started out, I worked at a really big law firm. I was an attorney. And when I went into private practice, I had no idea how to get clients. And so I was that bad actor out at, you know, doing the thing with the cards, right? That was me. Um, <laughs> and then I ultimately, you know, kind of, so I made mistakes, but I was out there and then I fixed those mistakes. And so, you know, I would just encourage people to get out there and, you know, and it doesn't have to be a networking event. It doesn't have to say networking event or trade show or after hours, going to a tailgate party, really networking, you know, just calling you up and say, Casey, if you have time, I would love a cup of coffee or just to come in and just meet you. You know, those are, those are networking. So certainly just do those sorts of things, get out there. Networking works. It's not always going to work exactly how you want it to work, right? It's not going to work when you want it to work. Um, it's not going to work where you want it to work. You just kind of need to get out there and meet people and develop those relationships and it'll pay off. Yeah. And you need to trust that those opportunities will come exactly when they're supposed to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think one of my mistakes that I make when it comes to networking is kind of twofold used to be, I, I wouldn't make the ask, you know, I was, I would be yeah. like, I don't want to be pushy. So I'm not going to make the ask. And Leah Woodford, the lady that you're going to meet, um, she really kind of set me straight on that and taught me, you know, it was something that her dad told her all her while she was growing up. And she goes, Casey, get your ask. Notice the cut on the end. Ask yeah, yeah. in gear. And I was like, yeah. okay. I mean, it was almost like I was given permission to do that. But then at the same time, I think that I have to be careful because I am that type of personality where I want to get right to the point. And sometimes I'll yeah. ask too quickly. So it's kind of a fine yeah. line, I think. Well, it is. Um, I don't know if I've introduced you. Did I introduce you to Dr. Wayne Baker, yes. University of Michigan? Yes. Okay. Yes. He's another great one, but he's got the book out there. All you have to do is ask. And I don't know if he's been on or coming on. Coming on. But it's a, okay, it's a great book, but there's a distinction in the book that he makes that a lot of people kind of blow past. They look at the book and really it's 20 years of research, you know, saying the thing that's holding you back is not generosity, it's you asking. But he makes the distinction in the book that there are really two types of asks out there um, and I actually looked into it. There's research on this, but there is, there's the dependent ask and the dependent ask is Casey, send me, send me a franchisee. That's a dependent ask, you know, or a, a charity saying, just give me money. That's a dependent ask. Cause you're going to have to keep coming back. I need more money. I'm back again, more money, more money. Um, and the, the independent ask or the empowering ask is Casey, could you introduce me to other podcast hosts? so I can further network myself. So I'm better able to find my own franchisees, you know, so it's the difference between give me a fish or teach me to fish. It's sort of a logic. Um, and to me, that's really powerful because I see a lot of people out there making that dependent ask, you know, do the thing for me that will change my life. That will help me meet quota. Um, no, you need to meet quota, you know, but I will point you in the right direction and give you the information but you need to go and you need to do the hard work. So I, I, that really kind of stuck out to me in that book. Well, and I'm sure that we will talk about this when uh, Dr. Baker comes on, but um, you know, and you introduced me to so much, so much, my head's almost gonna explode, but the reciprocity ring, which led me to yeah. give a toss, 
which is a great platform that does just that. It's the, you know, safe place to ask and to offer help. So yeah. I think that that's really important and it, it, it resonates so well with me, you know, being definitely of the go-giver mindset. And I believe that is a go-giver mindset, right? Yeah. So I, I love that. And I just love that. And I love that his, a lot of his research is focused in the um, energy space amongst teens. Yeah. For like 20 years. Yeah. Incredible. That's amazing. Yeah. It's going to be a great conversation. Um, so let's talk a little bit about people that might not be as extroverted as you or myself, you know, people with introverted personalities. Um, what can they do to become better networkers and overcome, you know, anxieties about meeting people at a networking event? All right. Here's my secret. I'm an introvert. No. I, oh, you know what? I, I don't enjoy going to parties. I love to go to the movies. I go to the movies by myself. Um, you know, I'm not a, you know, I'm, I, I don't need to have people around. Some people need to have people around. I will go to things. I mean, it's that's because that's who I am, because um, professionally what I do, so I will go to things. But I do enjoy, um, you know, just watching a movie, and no, I don't, you know, I don't need to. I don't need to have that. Anyhow, neither here nor there. My point in the whole introvert extrovert thing is it's really kind of a lot of nonsense um, because people who are introverts can be successful as well with respect to networking. In fact, I think a lot of times extroverts get themselves into trouble because they kind of play that party clown role that they've got to be the center of attention and that can tend to hurt them. Um, whereas introverts can quietly build those relationships. Now they may not be comfortable going into the big networking event or, you know, or whatever it might be, but they're very good at building relationships. Um, and so sometimes I think we get, I don't know that it matters so much, but when I do have people who approach me and say, well, I, listen, I'm kind of, I don't like to go to big networking things. I'm, you know, I'm introverted. I'm introverted too. And I force myself to go to those networking things. Again, the biggest mistake you'll make is not doing it, but I'll go out to them and I have this mindset when I go in and I call this, I, I call this the, the cloak of invincibility, not invisibility, invincibility. The cloak of invincibility is simply this. I am walking in there and I'm here to help somebody. I'm going to here and be somebody's superhero. I'm going to try and connect people. And nobody rejects a hero. Nobody rejects somebody who's there to help. And so that just takes all the anxiety away. I'm coming in here. I have nothing to sell. I'm here to help people. I'm going to connect people. Everybody I meet, I have the ability to help them through somebody else I know, or they can help somebody else I know. And that's my objective. And that just takes all that anxiety away. I love that. I really do. And I think you're right about what you said about extroverts, because I am like, on a scale of one to 10, I'm like a 20 when it comes to extra, being extroverted. And right. I tend to sometimes dominate the conversation. And that's yeah. not good. In fact, I had one of my coaches told me one time, he's like, and you know, I'm going to coaching school right now. And my coach was like, Casey, why do you want to be a coach? And I was like, and I gave him all the reasons why. And he goes, you know, you don't listen well. <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> so I've been we, working well, on it. Yeah, we can all grow. We can all yeah. grow. Yeah. I think that's why coaching school has been so good for me because it has taught me to just zip it and listen, you know? Yeah. 
which I can also yeah. apply to networking. Yeah. So, um, that so earlier this year you wrote a blog series about the thirty second commercial. And I think this ties really well to when you're in a networking event. Um, what is a thirty second commercial, and what advice can you give to listeners to help them create one of their own? Yeah, I mean, a thirty second commercial is just kind of like your little your. I don't want to call it a pitch, but it's just, you know, somebody asks who you are and they're going to, you really need to be ready with some sort of answer. Um, and it doesn't have to be a pitch, but they're not going to listen to you go on for 10 minutes, you know, about your life. You know, I was born in Chicago and, you know, they just want the quick and dirty. Um, it's like I tell my kids in sports, every Every, five, every minute you're in the game is an audition for the next minute, right? And that's what you're doing. And that's the same thing with respect to your 30-second commercial. It's just a short little snippet intriguing them to want more. Oh, my gosh. You're an executive recruiter. That is really neat. I don't think I've ever met anybody who does that. Tell me more. Um, you know, and then you kind of go on and on. And that's really, the, you know, what you're trying to do is just give them enough so they want more. Exactly. I, you know, and I love that you call it a commercial instead of like an elevator pitch, because right. I think that when you do share your little story with people, that it's more like a commercial in the fact that, I mean, you're still keeping it short and simple, right? But in addition, if you're in an elevator, you've got a captive audience. But if you're in a networking right. group, you don't. So you've got to have a hook, just like a commercial does, to keep that person from changing the channel, Right. Right. from yeah. switching to the next person. And that's one of the things um, that I tell my candidates as well when I'm prepping them for their interviews is, um, you know, the question they always get is, tell me a little bit about yourself, right? I'm like, this is your chance to shine, to set yourself apart right. from all the other candidates. You need to have this nailed down and don't be boring. You need to have a hook, you know, think of yeah. something that's going to make you stand out from all the other candidates. Yeah. And keep you dancing well, in the hiring the, manager's head. Yeah, that's the that's the value you bring. You're not just a connector. You're, you know, you're prepping them. You're, you know, like getting a prize fighter ready for a fight. You're, that's what you do. <laughs> I just had the Rocky theme song go through my head, and it almost fell out of my mouth. I'm so glad it didn't. Okay. <laughs> but, it's, you know, it's true. It's, you know, that's, that, that's great advice, you know, yeah. to try and help the people. I went to an interview once and they just, you know, they started asking me if I had questions. Now, I thought you had questions for me. I was horribly un underprepared and didn't get the job, um, which is good because I wouldn't be here if I did. So just perfect. I, I'm curious how you transitioned from your work as a lawyer into this great connector. Yeah. Um, well, I, like I said, I, I'm, I'm in Columbus, Ohio. I not from here. I went to law school, never intended to stay, got a job working in a big public accounting firm as a tax consultant. And um, I hated it. Mm. Great job, great pay, great everything. But after, and I knew I didn't want to stay, but after about five years, that's who I was. I was a tax consultant and every recruiter that called, that was the opportunity. I don't want to do this anymore, but that's who you are. And so I decided to go into private practice. It's just kind of a way to take a step back and figure out what my next step forward would be. And when I, when I became an attorney in private practice, I had no idea how to get clients. And so 
you know, I really didn't do a great job of it, but that led me into essentially what's the organization I own now. Um, somebody introduced me to it. And when I, when I visited for the first time, immediately it made sense that I could lift my whole world by helping other people. It just made total sense because I can sit and I can, I can, I can brag Casey about you all day long to people and be just totally energized by the end of the day. Cause I've helped you. And if I brag on myself for 15 minutes, it's exhausting because we we're so vulnerable when we're, you know, t- you know, beating our own chest. And, um, so I became very involved in the organization became its first franchisee. And then in the early two thousands had an opportunity to buy it out. And, uh, you know, I jumped at it and I told my wife, I'm like, you know what? If I stay being an attorney, I know where I'll be 30 years from now. And it's not a bad life. It's not a bad life, but I know where I'll be. If I go down this path, I have no idea. And that excites me. That ex- I can taker. build something. Yeah. Well, it's not, I mean, it's not even so much a risk. It's just, it's, you know, it's a blank canvas. Being an attorney, you know, you have lines you need to draw in. Here's a blank canvas. So that's really kind of how it all started out. That is amazing. I love it when people make such a pivot in their life. And I think I shared this story with you. I mean, my first career was in accounting, you know, for 20 years. And then to pivot from accounting, from budgets to sales, I was kind of like, I was like, okay, let's do this, you know? So it was really amazing and definitely a good decision. So I'm, I'm sure you feel the same way today that it was a really yeah. good pivot. So yeah, Frank, I cannot believe it, but we are almost at the end of our time and I've got to get to our VIP questions because you have right. to answer them. So, okay. <laughs> but thank you. This has been a great conversation as I knew it would be. And I just so appreciate your time, your friendship and your introductions. So thank you for that. Thank you. And don't be mad at me about the questions. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> So if you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you? I'd have to say I'd bring my three kids. Um, I love my kids, um, you know, and they're in, but they would be useful because they all have different skill sets. Um, My oldest son is very technical. He would be good on that end of it. Um, You know, my daughter is really kind of very single-minded and kind of a doer getting things done, seeing things through. Uh, my youngest son, he, he's got a great personality. He's kind of, he would keep us laughing. So I'd have to say my three kids. Okay. It's the they first time somebody's voted for all their kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this is a question I love. Um, what is one thing you do each morning to set your day up for success? Um, there's a lot of weird things about Frank Egan I tell people, but I get up at 4.45 every day and go for a walk. Um, and I've got, I've, my, my wife has started to come along with me, but take the dog for a walk for about four, four miles. Um, and it just kind of, you know, just get, I just had my whole day is kind of set up then. I know what I need to do. I can think through problems. Um, so yeah, getting up and going for a long walk. I love, well, and I think that's really good because that can almost be like a silence, a meditation, you know, just yeah. to get in, get in your mind right. I love that. And I did yeah. say your name wrong in the introduction, and I apologize. I've no, I don't think I've ever heard you say your last name. It's always just been Frank. 
Well, that's fine. You know what? I, I went to three years of law school, and when I graduated, I was the first one introduced, and they messed up my name, so it's, I'm used to it. You got Frank I, right. That's good. You got Frank. Hey, I get Cassie Haston a lot. I'm like, really? Right. No. <laughs> um, yeah, all right. My final question. If your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would the headline be? Oh, boy. That's a, that's a toughie. My... Um, Success through giving, you know, success through giving. That's pretty much it. I love it. Well, Frank, you have been an amazing guest. Thank you for joining us on our anniversary. This has just been perfect. Thank you. And um, one last thing to say to you, you are a VIP. Thank you very much. And that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.